And welcome to the Happy You Are Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help you live a more fulfilling life. Now, this episode is going to be way different than all of the other episodes that I've released so far, and it's because I re- recorded this podcast episode, I recorded this interview before I really had an idea of the format of this show. I had another idea in mind, and I ended up going in a different direction, but I still think that this interview is really insightful and interesting. I tried to cut it up into two different short pieces um, and it just didn't work so I'm just gonna release the whole thing here and you can listen to it or you cannot if you want the really short episodes this is not one of those Uh, and if you like longer interview episodes well you're in luck here is a longer interview with Simona Salas and he is uh, now a friend of mine from Chicago he is a show called 2343 conversations where he interviews people and the idea is that he's going to have that many conversations over his lifetime and knowing full well that that's a pretty impossible number, but, you know, it kind of gives a bigger mission to aim for, and that's his whole purpose there. But he's a really thoughtful guy. He's been making content on the internet for a really long time. He used to make political content in Italy. And I think it's really interesting and kind of informative about the way things are going now and the way we are consuming media and people are creating content because everyone that's share if you're sharing something on social media you're creating content you know we want to blame the news media for misinformation and for being negative but sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say you know am i choosing to consume this because whatever i'm choosing to consume they're going to keep making and also what am i putting out there am i adding to this negativity am i adding there's a difference between you know not looking away from the negative things and kind of giving more fuel to the fire. And I think we do a lot of that. And Simona talks about that in this episode and a lot more things. So hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, he's a really insightful guy, like I said, and uh, kind of funny. It's a nice, relaxed conversation between the two of us about the state of the world and the consumption of content, a lot about content and content creation And I think that you'll find this uh, very informative and interesting. So thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. Enjoy. I kind of want to dig a little bit into like how you got to where you're at now. And if there's any kind of pieces of that puzzle that, you know, might help other people that basically the idea behind this podcast Mm -hmm. is speaking to more or less our younger selves. That's for me, a big part of it is like, what did my 22-year-old self really need to hear to get me to where I am now? Which obviously it happened eventually, but it would have been nice if it would have happened faster <laughs> with yeah. less mistakes. What would I tell to my 20-year-old self? Uh, you are not the most important part of the equation, uh, which I keep fighting with, and I'm sure I'll keep fighting until I'm around. Do you feel like you've made progress on that? Partially. Something. Yeah. Something. Sometimes I believe that I made more progress than I, than I actually did. Sometimes I don't recognize that I made, like, Any I don't progress? give too much. Yeah. And, and you know, but, but, but partially, eventually you, you get there. It, it, starts, it starts that you look for meaning. And eventually there is less of that looking for meaning and more trying to build it for someone else. Hmm. Um, well, that's interesting <laughs> that you said that. Dig into that a little bit. For someone else. That is 
not what most people say. Right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still for me. It just changes the game. The game, yeah. the game at first is like, oh, I need recognition. And then mm. it's like, I'm never going to be satisfied with that. It's in the same way that some people, you know, I, I see some people, it, it, if you make like $20 million a year, say, I, I don't know who, but... <laughs> if you do like what more of like why do you need more <laughs> just like in yeah. the same way i think the same if it's true for recognition at least in my case and for meaning like um i started wanting to i started studying industrial design i dropped out of that in school and i started to write and to make satirical videos in italy where i'm originally from and this was in the early days of YouTube and Facebook. It was literally 2008, 2009. The equivalent, the, the fake equivalent of money for younger <laughs> people is views attention. and that kind of attention. Yeah. yeah. So I got into that game and that game allowed me to do many things that I loved. I started to, I was hired by a newspaper. I started to work for radio and then I did for years for the public radio there. But eventually I realized that it was, I don't want to say meaningless, but it did. It, 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 it doesn't have an end. Yeah. It doesn't have... Yeah, it's it, a treadmill. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just more... Hedonistic treadmill, but I was, it's a different thing than, like, physical pleasure. It's a... Yeah. It's a, I mean, it really is just massaging your ego, like, that attention. It is. If that's what you're doing it for. If you're doing it to, like, for, like try to gain more um, attention for a cause or a mission or something, that's different. But mm-hmm. obviously, when we're younger, we don't usually have that on our mind it's usually like this just feels good and i want more of that mm-hmm. especially when you're doing like as i did the same thing i was doing youtube i think 2007 mm-hmm. i was i was making videos in like 2004 so mm-hmm. like that was before youtube was even around yeah and same kind of thing it's like i got like a little itch of like wow a thousand right. people that like blew my mind i was like Imagine if I was in an auditorium and a thousand <laughs> people watched one of my videos. Right. Like, that's crazy. You start to picture the thing. I remember thinking like, you know, as the numbers went up, um, eventually uh, private broadcasts started to ask me and other people I work with to make those videos for them mm, because mm-hmm. that, that translates to advertisements, yeah. uh, to ads for them, so to money. Uh, but you start to picture like fifty thousand that would fill up this square, and then that yeah. was. But then eventually, you know, it became not because I'm amazing, but because I started to work with great people. It became at some point numbers that make you drunk a little bit on these things that don't matter. Yeah, I had yeah. a couple. I was doing video game yeah. uh, videos before that was like before it was cool because I'm hipster. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, you were cooler before people were cool. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was really dumb because I stopped like <laughs> right when the that like took okay. off. But some of those videos had, I had one that was, I don't know, now it's at like 6 million or something, mm-hmm. which is absurd to me and it's like so yeah. embarrassing because it's my like 14-year-old voice, uh, whatever. But like still it's, even now I like, I sometimes will go back and look at that video just to be like, mm, yeah, it's a lot of views. <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> it you know, feels good. Like, yeah, but it's like, what's the purpose of that? You know, like if it was a video that I was spreading some kind of message that I felt like was going to help people, and that got six million views, and it's like there's more than just an ego itch for that. Or you know, yeah, or done consciously. I don't think there is anything bad in that at all. Like, no, no, I don't think it's bad. It, it, I don't. It, it, yeah, yeah, but it it is unfulfilling, is what you were saying. It, it depends. Yeah. Eventually. So what I would tell to myself is like, don't don't get lost in thinking that that is the one thing that matters, not just specifically that, but just in general, like, you know, and, and you don't, you're not the thing that matters the most. Um, and more than talking. What does matter the most? 
<laughs> Still trying to figure that one out. Just I know right. I'm not it. <laughs> um, I think fulfilling what you want without doing it compulsively for for reasons that you don't understand. So if you truly ask to yourself, what what do I care about? You might not be able to. It might be. It might be anything. It might be. Uh, you know, whatever. Fame. Uh, it might be money. It might be. It might be working on a lifelong project. Um, if that is what you want and you know it and you do it without worrying too much about what others think, then that's what matters. What matters is is what what is your goal. What what do you want? And and the challenge that you pose to yourself with that, because that is another way. I was I was constantly in a competition with others, and the competition is mostly I realize with with me. Um, it's how can I get good at something which doesn't need it can be a craft it can right. be just becoming yeah. a better listener but it doesn't have an extra goal but that matters the most because at the end of the day it's you know this is my journey for myself shared with others but when you look back it, knowing that you tried to understand that it's at least something <laughs> yeah there's a there's an interesting um concept that's been i keep bouncing up against it it's the idea that you can have the same two actions and one can be unhealthy mm-hmm. and one can be healthy based just on how aware you are of, mm. of that you are doing it, first of all, uh-huh. uh, and also why, um, but maybe not even the why, but just that you are doing it because otherwise you're in a program state. You're running, you're basically running macros on your, Pretty much, your you're, yeah. you're running scripts yeah. in your brain. That's how our brain works. It, it, it wants to run habits because habitual loops because it's easier it saves energy but when you're doing that you're not conscious you're not coming from a conscious place Mm -hmm. at any point so if you're living if you're doing these acts of creation first of all it's kind of what you're talking about specifically in your life Mm -hmm. uh and you're doing that kind of just habitually then you're not consciously you're not bringing your conscious self to those things you're just you know? No, for sure. I was I was thinking like you know now, now that I do something that makes me a little bit more satisfied at least on the creative level. I'm doing it consciously and and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Well, that is the <laughs> trick of it. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, I I kind of started to do this thing. I was like, oh, I'm tired of the views. I'm tired of running on the, the, to the metrics. But then <laughs> then uh, I yeah I went the it opposite is frustrating side because I have went through the same thing. The, <laughs> the content that I create now uh-huh. gets significantly less reach than the things that I used to create. But, and this might just be me trying to comfort myself, uh-huh. uh, the connections that I make through that content are sure. so much deeper than the connections I would make through the older type of content, like the video game stuff, the entertainment kind of stuff, you know? I think I think that... Not that it doesn't have yeah. value, yeah. but the stuff that I'm making now, it's like I'm making like actual real connections. But why do you people. think it's that? Because I, I I see what you're saying, but I think it's because my attitude is different and I have a, a different conscience of the work. And that's because it's, it's better. I, I mean, I had chances before. Oh, no, before. I don't think it's better either. I just think the Well, I think also it's just kind of the subject matter. It might, it might be it. better. Yeah. Too. You know. Well, and you, probably over time. I mean, my stuff's worse, objectively. Like, tech, I've stopped focusing as much on the technical side of things mm-hmm. as I used to. Mm-hmm. So, like, in that sense, it's literally worse from a craft, craftsman's okay. standpoint. Um, but I'm okay with that because I put more effort into like the conscious thought behind it and what is the message that I'm putting out with every time I open my mouth, which is like an impossible thing to completely police, right? Mm-hmm. But it always goes back to that, like what's the ideal version of you and always trying to strive towards that. 
knowing full well that you're never going to reach it, but you'll still be a better version that's, for yeah. trying to strive towards it. So that's the kind of thing that I I, I needed to do. It, it's you know that you 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 said that you said knowing that like, you know you're you're probably not going to be able to reach it, and right. that's why I at some point I also changed the name of the podcast and it went from you know generic interviews. I was like I need I called it. 2,343 conversations and 43 conversations because if you make the math, <laughs> if you do the math, um, it, if I do one interview per week and I start now, <laughs> I'm going to complete it by 2,065. How old will you be in 2,065? I would be, what would I be? Uh, I would be 78, 79. Something like that. <laughs> That's like halfway through your life. Yeah, with right. Yeah, with all the advancements. Uh, <laughs> right, so I'll be very young. You'll be a young man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah. a prime age of yeah. 79. My midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing because I will I be able to do it? I can't worry too much about it because I very likely, I should not say that, I will do it, but I. I you know, there are good chances that well, I might not. Right. Yeah, but it's the, the actor striving for it, setting very lofty... Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I wanted to... Like, if I set this kind of... Because if you said, myself, like, I'm, I'm going to do 80 interviews... Yeah. Then, then, then you complete it, and then I'm it's awesome. like, okay, cool. I'm yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so in this way, I still have a goal that potentially it might happen. Yeah. But it is very unlikely because there are things in, you know, some things we have control. For example, I can decide that no matter what, I'm going to be very committed for the next 75 years, whatever. For the next 100 years, I'm going to be very committed. And and then and then I'm in, in, in a library and, and, a, and a bookshelf falls <laughs> off. And, and you lose matter. your voice. Yeah, and I lose my voice or, or whatever, worse. But, you know, and, and you can't. That is out of your control. So... I needed something that gave me a little bit of a long-term goal mm -hmm. to achieve for myself. Like, I, and to consider why. Like, I want to be better at this. I want to learn concept. This becomes a little bit of my practice in doing that, and it forces me also to think long-term in on very practical things like technology. I can't, like, mm -hmm. you know, I I can't. What is an audio form? First of all, I don't care. Like, if, after I die, you can burn them, uh, the interviews. <laughs> I don't care. But um, if I am to do this, what is an audio format that is going to be playable in 40 years? What is, mm. how, do I, what is how do I archive this? What is, what is a format for the website that can last at least 10, 20 years with all the change in technology there is now, adaptive and those kind of things? <laughs> and yeah, so that makes me understand that like the importance of uh, social media and other things are, is, is relative because they're important in the moment to promote them. But I don't foresee Facebook existing at the same level. It might be more. It might be less. But it might different for sure. Yeah, in 20 years, it's already so, different than yeah. it was a few years ago. And, so yeah. um, you need to think in in terms of open standards for the web. Very simple stuff like the transcriptions. I have simple txt files, like text files. Right. TXT. So that is also an exercise that it's fun to me because I'm I'm super into technology and I I do everything I can. That's why I started to work like. When I made the videos, I edited the videos, I created all yeah. the videos. So I take care of, even when I did the radio show, I was very much into the practical part, uh, the public radio of recording. Yeah, you're, you're clearly things. a very like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's cool. It's, it's Everyone's got to have their things that they're 
excited about, right? So it's cool <laughs> that you have that and that you're lucky that you have something that's so uh, like practical and useful for the modern age. I'm the same way. It's like mm. I fell in love with video and filmmaking before video and filmmaking was as big as it is now. And now it's like, wow, I am incredibly lucky, blessed, whatever, that that was the thing that I was... You enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. that I stupidly went to college it's for. true. <laughs> no, I... At the end of the day, the reason why I've been able to pay for food and things and changing continents and, you know, you know it's because I, I've always been producing my own things and that mm-hmm. was incredibly convenient for many publications and other stuff and even the, my job now yeah uh, as in well, marketing i know a little bit of everything of those. yeah what i found is that that's valuable where whatever field you go into i have a lot of friends that you know started in film producing mm-hmm. interesting thing is that that those skill that skill set jumps um so when i'm like working with someone maybe just starting their life because they just graduated college or they're hmm. maybe trying to redirect their life to a more productive path. What I'm usually trying to teach them to do is learn how to create something of value. Hmm. But once you learn how to do that skill set of creating something, you can pivot and create all kinds of different things, whatever becomes valuable at any given moment in hmm. the culture, in the economy, whatever. But like, and honestly, most of it's like an empowerment thing. Would you agree that it's like, no, like once you've done it a few times, first of all, you know, you have the confidence that, you know, okay, like I can take an idea and I can break it down into the pieces of the idea and I can. It takes a while. It was a very, very long process for me to be confident. If you were going to, if you had to switch now to some completely Mm -hmm. other field, do you feel like you could carry that skill set of being able to kind of be the, the uh creating force of something i can carry the knowledge and the confidence of having the patience to learn right i think that's a big breakthrough that i know that if i apply myself long enough and constantly enough even if i don't notice it at some point i will be better so that 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 is what i can carry but i will i usually i don't carry and i am doing that now because just a few months ago i was pivoting from uh, uh, video production and radio production and being in front of behind the camera to marketing mm-hmm. for video and marketing is a completely new field for me including data analysis um and and you know i am learning a lot but i know that i am not even close to where uh, some of my co-workers are. Right. I know that I improved incredibly in the past few months, and I know why and how. I think that once you, the, the thing that you can learn from 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 creating and applying yourself is the confidence that you are able to do that, and right. and you're not gonna fail. It depends on what you what your expectations are. Well, yeah, and also understanding like having a a clear picture of like any new skill you're gonna try to learn mm. is gonna take time. Yeah, because <laughs> you. But you have, you've seen the other side of some other skill, so you kind of can look at it and say, which almost anyone has something that they've gotten moderately good at, that if they really looked back at, like, when they first started doing that thing, like even riding a bike, right? Like Here is, here, sorry, I was, yeah, yeah, go um, ahead. Here, here is the thing. The, the thing that, that was, that gave me an illusion is that I had something to say very young and not too deep about, I started in, 
political satire. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing with, with social media and online media is that you can get a confirmation very fast. You can start with something that is not particularly like well thought or constructed. You didn't take like a, a month to write an essay or a book right. or whatever. Yeah. You just literally and there's sometimes no gatekeepers. There's no one telling you like, hey, you should think through this a little bit and, more. And you don't have to. I mean, yeah. you don't have to do it with everything. But what what it did for me is that um, I used to write something the day that political news happened. I used to work at night making this. Um, animated videos um i would publish them the day after they would go insanely from from like from ten thousand to 2 million views depending right. on the video in 24 48 hours so you get that kind of confirmation immediately and that becomes uh dangerous because it it makes you want everything right away you need a confirmation right away and then again right away and then again right away and you know that doesn't that, that that is something that gives you confirmation so you're good at something but it's very bad if you need to learn as it was for me to to long-term skills for example to apply yourself constantly on something become better and be patient to see the results and sometimes it might be way more subtle than a, than a number going up right so yeah, I think people. I think in the self improvement field, yeah, right. You need to learn to. I think in the self improvement field, that's a really clear thing. Is that there's no like there are some um, like let's say health, right? Mm -hmm. There are some indicators you can use, but it's not as clear as like a view count or a like count on mm -hmm. Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And like I think that people innately almost are built now to or conditioned now to yeah. want that. I know I am. I'm like, you know, I use apps and stuff to try to track my calories and all. And I'm always like innately unsatisfied with how many, like the lack. I'm like, I need to get my blood tested like every week so that I can like <laughs> yeah. track my uh, like zinc levels or whatever. Right, like, right. Um, so that I can see those numbers going up and down. And like, really, it's like, does my body feel good? Yeah. Really should be the question I'm asking. It's learning, relearning to live, you know. Was there a moment or a series, like a, a time period that you can look back at to kind of pinpoint how you transitioned that you're thinking about that? yeah i was i was working again i was very tired it was it was <laughs> i i worked in in public radio doing satirical songs every day for two years <laughs> i eventually worked on some tv shows it was mostly jokes on the news of the day I worked with a partner and uh, she didn't do anything technical. So she was just like writing, being in front of the camera and enjoying the results of that. But for me it was night sleeping for three months in a row, like two or three hours per night to a whole show, 10 minutes show, daily show on, on national TV on our own. At that point, I was also involved politically into supporting the people that I believed had a good uh, political platform in my native country. Um, creating videos for them to support them and I realized at some point that I was very very tired physically and I was destroying myself physically to keep this game going on and I had my body just just started to uh, shut down a little bit I, I had um I had a few months in which I I don't even know how to start to explain it. I had some pain in my abdomen for a few months. Doctors thought it was just, you know, IBD and those kind of things. Then eventually on an afternoon there was an MRI and 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 I was just having this autoimmune 
response that looked a lot like Crohn's disease, but mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't Crohn. Um, so I was hospitalized immediately, and and you know it turned out to be a super bug. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I would just slowly burn myself out. Yeah. Um, and I I ended up not making a good service to myself for not consciously pursuing a goal that mattered something true in my life as a long-term goal. And I also realized that I was seeing an early version of what is, I think, is happening now in the U.S., which is a very radical polarization of ideals and um and i was feeling that i wasn't satisfied even with the kind of ethical message that i was doing with my work even though it was comedy it was supposed you know mm-hmm. political satire supposed to be the hero of the situation but it wasn't because when you create something that is based on the news of the day and you don't think through it too much it gets laugh from people that already have an idea yeah, and you're then, contributing to the echo chamber. Yeah, you're, you're. That's literally what is happening. You're just like amplifying a message, which yeah. and simplifying, is, strawmanning the opponent. Sometimes, yeah. um, oftentimes, and you know, this kind of making fun, it stopped being fun for me because the repetition made me see through it. Right. So it's a little bit now when you see a late night monologue, you I look at it and I go like, I know if I watch Colbert, which I used to love in the in the Colbert Report, I, if I watch him, I know what the writers did for him and where this joke is going to go. Not just him. This is kind of, you know, the ready, uh, ready-made yeah. uh, viral uh, comedy and not just comedy, also news media and information. So it was very much contributing to creating that divide and... The moment I realized that, I was like, it. I took a complete stop from doing that. I decided that um, I loved comedy and I wanted to learn more about it, but that was not necessarily my path because I, I just couldn't keep feeding and putting myself into that mechanism. I think that I personally wanted to try to go beyond this kind of mechanical media production uh, situation. And so, yeah, the moment that I was able to see that, and, and now it feels terribly familiar to me because Italy had um, a real estate <laughs> billionaire <laughs> for 20 years before. Wow. Otherwise, yeah, uh, Berlusconi. So very similar patterns, very similar patterns with also the Democratic Party, uh, the left um, in Italy. So whenever I see this kind of easily taking parts in a very strong way, I understand both of those. But a, a very, very smart comedian, uh, Michelle Wolf, who was invited to the uh, White House correspondence yeah, yeah. dinner two years ago before they decided that she was too good and so they can't have comedians anymore. It <laughs> <laughs> um, said something very true in the room. She was making fun of everything that needed to be satirized about the current administration and, and similar topics. But at the same time, she turned to the news media people in the room and was like, yeah, you're laughing, but this is mostly on you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and she was like, let's never forget that because you are feeding all of this every day. And it's true. You know, if if it if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We've both worked in in, uh-huh. in in news organizations. So it's yeah, I think other people maybe aren't as aware of it. But yeah, that's once the that veil here, is right? kind of lifted, yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I worked for a conservative talk radio station with Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity on. Mm-hmm. And it was the other side. It was the but it, sure. but even that like you know it was easy to see because i disagree with them mm-hmm. but then i started looking at the people that i do tend to agree with mm-hmm. like colbert and people like that and it's mm-hmm. like they're doing the same thing yeah and they're exceptional human beings like, i mean yeah. Col- oh, and Col- i don't think colbert, they're, i don't think they're doing it, i don't think that just... they're doing it out of like some like hateful place or anything but that's what happens whenever we have a culture that is not super conscious about i, I think, think most s- people are perfectly conscious of this if they work in this field i yeah i guess you can tell that perhaps they're starting to take a little bit more responsibility some of them okay um slowly but also i've stopped paying that much attention to it because i just can't anymore um it doesn't serve i can't do anything about it necessarily so mm-hmm. and it doesn't serve me to live a uh, fulfilled right. life that then I can be have an infectious effect on mm-hmm. other people and I notice the people pay that pay a lot of attention to not that I think you com- can or should completely ignore things that are happening on a national stage no. but to allow that con- to consume the majority of your time is kind of a skewed yeah, it, version of reality. Yeah, it be, it becomes well, you know, cuz most of those things are not are is, barely affecting you. Yeah. They, we want to watch out because they are affecting some people, right? <laughs> well, they they affect. I think indirectly they affect us too, or me too. In in you know. It, it, yeah, but there's not a you lot. You can that, be immune a, from it. Yeah, there's also not a lot that you specifically you can do right now. Right. So it's like, how much of your day should you spend worrying about that? This is the kind of distinction that I do when I read the news, which is in very selected ways now. I mostly use RSS feeds mm. from from essays and blogs and commentary about stuff. So yeah. there's very little like high volume news. But here's the distinction that helps helped me. The news that people want, it's not the news that people need. And and I work I'm working in marketing now and I could see this before creating uh, comedy videos, but even more now in video marketing. The news that gets mostly published and given to people is what, what, what one want, one what is wanted at yeah. the time. It's supporting. So yeah. yeah, so because you are supported by advertising, and to make advertising work, you need eyeballs, and to get eyeballs, you need to give people what they want, not what they need. Right. So what what people want usually is stupidity uh <laughs> if there is anything stupid you go like look look how stupid these people are that's kind of the news of like look this person yeah. did or or drama um it it can be you know it can be violence it can be money um we're naturally attracted to that um but a thing that works for me i started to ask like how much of this do i need yeah how much of this do i want in the same way that i want the view count in the same way that i want a new email that says that something fantastic is going to happen in the same way that i want a notification on facebook so how much do i want how much do i truly need 
And how does it make me feel? It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make a true difference. And it's actually destructive because I'm supporting a mechanism that goes towards fueling this, this, you know, yeah. this kind of news. I think in a lot, so. of, a lot of ways, a lot of the shifts that people in our country or in our world, the modern world is so homogenous in many ways that a lot of the problems stretch beyond borders mm-hmm. as they probably should maybe, I don't know, is an issue of conscious consumption versus unconscious consumption. Whether that's information consumption or product consumption, it's like... And that's what you're talking about is being more conscious about the things you're consuming. Yeah. And that doesn't not mean only that... not only for your own well-being, mm-hmm. but also for you as a person voting with your dollars and your attention mm. for what kind of stuff you want created more. Yeah. And then once you are conscious of what you're doing, um, which is hard and I'm still trying to understand sure. how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once you are you can do whatever the hell you want. If you want to watch reality TV, watch reality TV. If you want to read the but do it New because York you Times like it, not 24. because it's just feeding your base yeah, instincts. Yeah, or, or maybe because because yeah, because you like it, and maybe you know some things might not be good for you. But you know, some 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 pizza. I still eat pizza. So yeah, some yeah. pizza is not good for me. I eat it. Yeah, but uh, I don't eat it all the time. And uh, not, not all the time the bad pizza. Sometimes they need <laughs> real pizza <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god I can't sound more stereotypical than this <laughs> <laughs> olive oil but yeah so basically at some point i felt guilty i was bored <laughs> and it didn't make my i was very tired and i decided that uh, you know no matter what i wanted to kind of restart and take a look at what matters to me which i'm finding out and i'm i'm glad i took some radical turns including trying to live every day in a country where this is my second language (laughs) as you can hear if you could leave the audience with one piece of uh information or or thought (laughs) that you Hmm. would like them to just ponder Oh, think about. <laughs> How often do you eat bad pizza? Do you do it consciously? Mm-hmm. And well, okay, I think we got to go just one second, real quick. We got to go w- define bad pizza. As as an Italian, I think that you're right. you're a um a perfect person to. Yes, I am. I'm very qualified. You're an authority given, on g- this. Given subject. my genes, uh, <laughs> I, I am I am the best authority on pizza. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> if the mozzarella is thicker th- than <laughs> I, I can see I am seriously t- thinking about a formula of mozzarella thickness. <laughs> if you if the mozzarella if you need to chew the mozzarella this, more than this five shit is times, life-changing stuff right here. Yes. You don't chew the mozzarella more than five times. If you need to chew it more than five times, it's it's not mozzarella. It's it's American cheese powder condensed on crusts of um <laughs> uh you know what i don't know man go to italy go to italy to and compare try pizza and then, yeah. then come back and is go there like, a good place in in, in america to actually get like <laughs> i'm sure there is good pizza uh you just yeah. haven't found it yet i uh, no i have there is a great place in chicago it's called spacanapoli um oh, that sounds very great Italian. yeah just yeah it is it's it's literally the same restaurant that it's open in in naples would have not been there but i've been to the one in chicago so, so it's good it's good <laughs> I, all i know it's really good all right so everyone eat some good pizza uh yeah. some real pizza try it if you haven't i actually have to try it because i don't know if i've yeah, ever tried real there. pizza and uh consume consciously <laughs> thank you for joining us thank you sir uh where can people find your podcast or um, whatever they want to connect <laughs> with you via 
your website's gotten easier now. Sure, now it's easier. Um, well, it's very simple. It's 2343.org. So 2343.org. And also, you know, on your favorite podcast app, there is if you want to listen to some more uh, accents. Uh, it's just mine, usually. It's a very, more. it's a very like endearing <laughs> accent. Right. You can understand what you're saying very clearly. Mm-hmm. But there is some, some yeah. flavor to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. Italian right. uh, pizza flavor. Yeah. So if you want more Italian pizza flavor, also on your favorite podcast app, just two, three, <laughs> four, three conversations. And that's it. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Very different from the other episodes of the show. I realize, um, and hopefully some of you like it, and if you don't, if you're not into long podcasts, there's no way you're listening to this outro. If you are, hopefully that was interesting to you. I find someone a super interesting person, and I think that that conversation was really good. I actually have an interview on his show that should be out now by the time this is released. So if you look up 2343 on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever, you can find that interview. And uh, in it, we talk about a lot of things, but a lot of things about freedom and kind of leading life genuinely. I was in a really good place when we did that interview and it was actually before I wrecked my car and had to move to a more stable living situation, at least for a while. So um, it's kind of interesting for me. That's was about a year before it got released was when uh, it was recorded. So I've learned a lot since then. I've had a lot of the experiences that I talked about wanting to have in that show happened. So that's pretty cool to see that. So you can check that out at 2343 on Spotify, iTunes, all of that. Thank you again for listening. Happy you're here. Happy you're listening. See you around.